welcome to another episode of We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters advocate for more cats in fiction. We're kicking off our holiday season this week with Season of Love by Helena Greer, a sapphic Jewish Hallmark Christmas movie all wrapped up in a book, which is frankly amazing. Listen to us struggle to remember chronological order, hear our pitch slash plea for the next book in this series, and tumble into a cozy holiday season romance with us. And we are so excited to announce that our exclusive holiday merch is now up on our Redbubble store. This is only going to be available for the month of December 2022, so get your ugly Christmas sweaters and your Hanukkah puns and your winter gear so that you have something cozy to wear while you're listening to the pod this winter. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review and enjoy the show. Yeah, so I I made today um this morning I saw a reel of someone who made one of those like ugly Christmas sweater design things. And I was like, hang on, I made a bunch of Christmas and holiday sayings. Why don't I make an ugly Christmas sweater out of (laughs) those? And so we're recording an hour and a half later than I said we would because (laughs) I lost track of time choosing which cross-stitch reindeer I wanted to put in the design. (laughs) It's okay. I found a stray cat to pet. It wasn't stray. I found, I found someone's outdoor cat to pet. How do you know it wasn't a stray? <laughs> because the neighbors came home and said, that's socks. Yeah, but they could have just named him. You know, he could just be the local stray cat that they named. No, he was like hanging out in the same yard and was very well groomed. He's good at grooming himself. Don't underestimate socks. <laughs> I would never. The door is shaking to this office. Oh my God. Let them in. Let them in. Sometimes I see videos of cats jumping and they're just like magic it's like it's like how the vampires in twilight are described as like you just think about it and then suddenly you've done the movement like the cat is like just thinking about it and then suddenly it's like on the window ledge or whatever and our cats are just not like that they never happen <laughs> they, i don't understand like either of them separate it's not like we even got them together they're not like related or anything they're just well, like evie is just weird evie is not a regular cat she doesn't no, like not. Do any of the regular cat things she's just no. weird Addie is a regular cat in yeah, like all other respects. I don't think she's clumsy because she's inherently clumsy the way Evie is. I think she's clumsy because she's so dense. Yeah, I think so too. So like it's hard for her to balance because yeah. and dense listener is really the only way yeah. to describe it because she's not just a fat cat. She's a small cat. Like right. if she lost, like <laughs> she's only 13 pounds, but she is small. So everything is packed into yeah. like a very small <laughs> space. She's a brick house, I'll tell you she that. She really is, yeah. Anyway, there's a cat in today's book. Yeah, a not giant enough. Cat. I not would like to cat. complain. I know. Not, he's, he is not a big enough character. He Mm-mm. is doesn't contribute meaningfully to the plot. It's upsetting, Mm-mm. frankly. Okay, I expected, right. I wanted more. Listen, but at least he's like the same size as one of the main characters when he stretches out. It's true, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, what is he a main coon? Like he's he must, a giant I think, I think he, cat. Yeah, no, I think he has a main coon. Like the way he's described, or like a Norwegian forest cat, like whatever. And they're like, yeah, he's a. Aren't they like he's a stray that just wandered in? I'm like, all right, yeah. I, wait, like, I think where he, do you live? The woods of Siberia. Yes, where, <laughs> actually, I think you know he is. He's a tortoiseshell Norwegian forest cat named Kringle. Oh, 
was that what they said? Okay, yeah. And he's a rare Rachel. You'll like you like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. Yeah, they I did. specifically called out that it is very rare for boys to be tortoiseshells, but possible. Mm-hmm. So I guess the cat has Kleinfelter syndrome. Yeah, no, that's which a, makes I mean, sense if that he's that big because isn't Kleinfelter syndrome in humans no. like you're t- super tall? No, a lot you're of the mixing times? it. I think you're mixing that up with um, I'm blanking the other one that makes you tall. You're mixing up with Marfan syndrome, I think. Although I think you might be tall with Kleinfelters too. Oh no! Well, in humans, it's like low testosterone, reduced muscle mass, reduced but facial hair and body tall. hair. So yeah, they're usually tall. No, you're right. People are usually taller. Hey. So maybe that happens with cats too. Yeah. You're an average height of six feet. Kleinfelders is just men. So it's interesting that they're tall, but like everything else the is like – Yeah. Every, but like everything else about about the like symptoms well, and state is like lesser of like that quote unquote male no, stuff. I like understand less facial hair, other less testosterone. Like there's, I don't know what, what – it's something to do with testosterone because I don't know if you knew like if you're – a man who has an older brother but if you're taller than that older brother that is correlated like yeah you get less testosterone in the womb or whatever but if you're taller than your older brother that means you got like even less or something like it's correlated with something i think it, I think it might mean well younger brothers in general are more likely to be gay i think if you're taller than your than your older brother you're like even more likely to be gay for some reason or something like that i don't know there's some something uh, with that yeah all right today's book is Season of Love by Helena Greer. And I would like to give a shout out to Alison Cochran. We did her book earlier this year, The Charm Offensive. And we also interviewed her on the pod because she introduced me to this book. I would not have heard of it. She was like, yes, I am writing a holiday sapphic book. And there are other people writing holiday sapphic books. And this is Mm. one of them. And she was like, it's a gay and Jewish Hallmark Christmas movie. And I was like, sold. <laughs> sold immediately. Like, perfect concept. And you know what? It lived up to the expectation. It, it was really very cozy. Did. It was very warm. Really enjoyed it. So this book is called Season of Love by Helena Helena Greer, which is such a great name. I just really love that name. I don't know how to pronounce it because in my head it's different every time. Helena <laughs> Helena. I like Helena. Helena Greer. Just I like Helena as well. Top notch. I, I like it depends both. on my mood, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like a Helena yeah, girl Helena and sometimes Greer. I'm like Helena. Yeah. Depends. Like are you Greek? Are you English? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where are you coming from? Right. And then you have like Lena and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants who is Lena, not Lena or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> but she's Lena to her Greek grandparents. And no, and no one says it Helena. Helena. It's never Helena even when it is, even when it is Lena. But Helena it's or Helena. Wait. Lena. Lena. Yeah. No I don't know. Fantastic name. Well done. Yeah. I'm Hel- guessing it's H. Greer. It's, it's a pen name, right? I don't know. But, oh, do you know what I freaking realized? So her Instagram handle was like, it's like something that's like not immediately obvious, like what it is. And you know, when you like, you read those social media handles, you just kind of are like, like first letter, random mix of letters, blah, 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 blah like in your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then after I read this book, I like was like looking at her Instagram so I could like tag her in the like episode announcement post when I was scheduling it. And her Instagram handle is Bloom Again Curios, like the wow. main character. I, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I did. I never could. I Because in my head it was B, scramble, scramble, scramble of letters. And I just like never bothered to like see Right. Whether it's actually said anything. Wait, that exists. Like Bloom Again consignments at least. Let me see. Well, that's Um, There's a Facebook page. Yeah, it's true. Huh. 
Awesome. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, way to way to stick to the bit. Like, right. well done. Like, she really committed. I was like, yeah, fabulous. <laughs> I wonder whether she'll keep it for the next. Well, actually, one thing that I change it. Yeah, the next book hasn't been announced yet. As mm-hmm. far as I can see, it's not on Goodreads. She hasn't announced it as far as I could tell on her Instagram. Like I haven't, and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> um, the end of this book sets up the next book, and I would like it, <laughs> please. <laughs> like, what the hell? Why why haven't I already been guaranteed the next book? <laughs> until the epilogue, until the ending, I like I was like, I could see the next book being like any number. There could be like three or four oh, yeah. different storylines that this could follow, and I'm down for any of them. Like yeah. This is great. The sec- If the second book isn't Levi and Hannah, I'll riot. Like, I'm going to sue. <laughs> but I want Tara also. Like, I was hoping for, like, a Tara story too. Unclear if she's going to get one though. Well, that was – my thing about Tara is I was like, why, do- why does Tara exist? <laughs> I It felt very – because this is this author's debut book and it felt very debut author syndrome where you just Too have many characters. so many characters. Yeah. And that was really like there were a lot of characters that I was like these mm-hmm. could have been combined. This could like the Terra plot line could have been cut out because it really has no effect. It has no yeah. effect. No, it doesn't. Like over on the Except overall Except to like plot. have a reason for like the first third like why she can't – they can't be together. No, because like they're enemies. Because they're enemies. Like, they sure. get off on the wrong foot. Yeah. And there was and there was also, like, it wasn't even just too many characters. It was – and this wasn't, like – this didn't, like, turn me off the book or anything. I still really liked it. But it was it was too many characters and then also too many details about too many characters. Because it wasn't just, yeah. like, side characters bopping in. Like, we right. got Cole's whole backstory. We got, like, all these people's whole backstory. And I was like, I don't need this. We have a random shop owner with, like, movies. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. yeah like, so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're setting up a world. I know they're setting up like a world, but I was like, I, I didn't need, you know what I mean? I was just like, I thought this was yeah. going to be relevant and then it wasn't. And I understand right. because it is, it is like the aesthetic of it is supposed to be like a Hallmark Christmas movie, mm-hmm. right? And in those movies, when the big city heroine comes back to her like small town hometown, there are, there is like the random barista who like flirts with the delivery man and like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like that is like in line with what she was trying to do, but I just felt like I was like, I don't, why did we need all these backstories? Like detailed backstories. Yeah, no, absolutely. It wasn't even just like, yeah, the barista and the delivery man are flirting, like have crushes on each other. Yeah. Well, the Cole and Tara thing was fine. Like their backstory, that that wasn't that much. And that also was like to show her like people don't trust her with their stories. It, it happened kind of late, but like yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm not someone who's like been available for my like my Please yeah. make people close to me comfortable telling me. But it happened. It also happened in a weird place because they were yeah, talking about it the was dad. So late. And I yeah, was like, I how does this relate to the dad? Yeah. yeah. No, I know. All right. We're talking about all these characters that we have. Anyway, <laughs> listen. So our main character, it this is dual POV, but did you feel like it really like it didn't need to be dual POV? Like I feel like like Noelle, yeah, so Noelle is the love interest, yeah. um, and she like she has like a little bit of an arc, but like right. the story and the driving action of the plot is Miriam. Yeah, no, and it was very much like especially towards the end, like it very much I, I don't like bordered on the edge of like women's fiction or whatever you call it. like not where the like personal growth is like more the plot like the romance was very much central but we did get a lot of extra stuff that you wouldn't necessarily always get of just like wrap up of Miriam's life yeah. with like Tara whatever that like you wouldn't always get that yeah. wasn't directly relevant to the romance you know 
So yeah, it could have just been Miriam. Noelle is like a, you know, very tall, like butch lesbian. So like the narrator had sort of, the woman had like a deeper voice. It was kind of gruffer. And then the Miriam voice, because Miriam is like very femme, she's small, like all of that. She had like, you know, sort of higher pitched voice. And there were some times when it went from Noelle to Miriam where I was like, a child, like when Miriam was starting to talk. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So Miriam is a- Miriam Bloom. Miriam Bloom is like a internet celebrity somewhat. Like she's kind of an influencer. She upcycles antique pieces and makes like art pieces out of them. That's like her whole shtick. And seems to make a shit ton of money. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like Like, she's opening a physical store. Yeah. yeah, sells them for like oh right, like at the end like for a tens lot of, of thousands money. at no. the end for like hundreds and of thousands. I just abs this author is absolutely like grew up rich. Like there's the way that she I can't describe it, but it's like the way that she like talks about money and like relatively being poor and and just like generally the like world building. Like I just know that she grew up like very I don't know. Like that's not a bad thing, but it's like it just yeah. gave an aura of authenticity. Like, I don't know. Well, I think it's the same way. Honestly, like, quite frankly, that fits in with the with the Hallmark Christmas movie feel because the Hallmark Christmas movie oh, is always like none of these house. people yeah. have to worry about money. Maybe right. the plot is like we have to save the local bake shop because we're running out of right. money. But it's always like a very easy fit. We like, would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, no, absolutely. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just like something yeah, I noticed. Yeah. There are old families that really want to contribute. Of course, they would pay thirty thousand for a painting. Like, it's just like not something that someone who came from like a middle or lower class household would like write it that way. You know, I don't know. It it's feels just something like I, I mean, yeah, maybe she grew up. You know, we we have we have no background on the author, but yeah. And it's just like right, but like just being around. It doesn't like, feel like something people. that's like parallel to your experience. It feels like, like it feels like when I interact with friends that are really rich like in the way that they yeah. like it's just different no yeah, no absolutely. I definitely see that like just thinking about my yeah. like, richer friends yeah 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 so our main character is Miriam Bloom she she does come from money like she's like the extended family oh, yeah that was another thing that was so weird that like seemed like it was going to be relevant like the whole bakery thing I was like did this like I'm surprised this was our first book because I was like is this like a thing that's like been established in a previous book like, no, is it going to become relevant? I, guess, I think it was to establish why a lot of the people in this book had generational wealth. Oh, maybe. So basically, like, so she, she's like, like not- she's like the cousin of like, she's not part of the main branch of the, the Rosenstein family who owns like this really successful like bakery chain line. Yeah. Like, you know, like they create baked goods and they're delicious. And I was like, fantastic. But like, they, but when did that become – when did the generational wealth really – like – Well, why the Christmas tree farm exists. Oh, I guess. Why yeah. – like how they, they did have to like back them for the bank, mm. like invest but, in the – Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that they were actually backing them because they because the way it was like – the way it was pitched was like, oh, they don't actually care about us, whatever, like at the beginning. But I guess they did. We're talking about a lot of things once again that we haven't introduced. Okay. <laughs> okay. Basic premise. Miriam lives in South – Carolina, no North Carolina. Char- she lives in Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. She lives in yeah. Charleston, South Carolina, and she is in essentially an engagement of convenience with this uh, girl who is like one of like the social elite named Tara, and mm. like they like each other, they like having sex, like whatever. But it's like not romantic, like, and they're both very clear on that. Which like yeah. I wasn't sure about for a while that like right. it was also I on really- Tara's end. 
Like that they actually explicitly talked about it. Like I believe yeah. that Miriam believed that, but I really thought they were going to have a conversation where Tara was like, you don't love me? Like, yeah. No, but Tara was also like, no, no, no. Miriam, like, so Miriam was like, you do love me? Like, yeah. yeah. So they were on the same page about that, which was good at least because mm-hmm. it made me feel a little bit less bad about like the low levels of emotional cheating. Uh, except I don't know whether it's it was emotional cheating because she like very like – she very intentionally was like, I'm not going to go there while I'm in I'm a not going to flirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Tara and Miriam live in Charleston and they also have a friend, Cole, who is like a hacker and also comes from generational wealth. And Cole's like um, Miriam's best friend from college and he introduced them, like him and Tara yeah, grew up yeah. together. And then so Miriam, um, her aunt Cass owns a Christmas tree farm in upstate New York, even though mm-hmm. she's Jewish, they are all Jewish. Well, not Cole and Tara, but everyone else is Jewish. She owns a Christmas tree farm because she thought it was like she used her generational wealth because she's from the main branch of the Rosenstein Rosenstein family. It's like, what a guy. She used her generational wealth. She was like, hilarious. I'm Jewish. I'm going to run a Christmas tree farm. I only have to work like three months of the year. Fabulous. Like, this Mm -hmm. is a great deal. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. So, and so Miriam grew up going there, like, loves it with her cousin Hannah, who's still there. But for the past 10 years, she hasn't talked to, like, anyone there. And she just found out that Cass, her Aunt Cass, died. And she didn't even know she was sick. Like, her mom just called her and was like, yeah, Cass died. She's been sick for a really long time. No one told you. But, like, they're sitting Shiva. And Miriam's like, all right, well, I definitely have to go, like, to make up for not being there (laughs) Um, for 10 years. I was, like, so – my justice tingle was, like, exploding on behalf of Miriam for, like, nobody telling her that Cass was sick. And I know that later on it's revealed that Cass was like, don't tell Miriam I'm sick. But like, I just feel like once it gets to the point, like, I feel like you kind of know when the end is coming, when somebody has a terminal illness. Here's Okay. But the other piece of that is that Miriam was like, this is such a shock. I could never have seen. This woman was like 99 years old. She was her great aunt. Her great aunt. Like she (laughs) talks about, I forget, they talk about her doing something in the 20s. Like, or, right? Or like. No, not the like 20s. She was, a, she was like a burlesque dancer in the 40s or something, which like makes you really fucking old. So the fact that she's yeah. like, wow. What a shock. What a shock. <laughs> like, no, no. it No, they literally say she was a scandalous vaudeville dancer in the 20s. So this woman, I don't understand. She's like 120. Something doesn't add up. <laughs> Something's not adding up. <laughs> and that's why like, – Wait, and so I'm surprised. This, this book came out last year. Because I think this I thought – I heard – Oh, this, this book year, came out sorry. this year. So I, I remember reading – like listening to that and I was like, oh, this book might have come out like 10 years ago, I guess. Like I didn't look no. it up though. Because then like maybe she could be like 100 and – she could have been like a teen vaudeville dancer and be I mean, like she's still – She still is really fucking old. Like. She still technically could have been. If like she, that's still within human lifespans. Oh, definitely. If she was but born not, at like – not if this takes place in 2022. She's a vaudeville dancer. Let's, let's say she was a 14-year-old vaudeville dancer in 1920, right? That's like – But did, it, their... did they say 1920 or could it be like yes. 29? You know what I mean? Was it 1920s? Oh, that's true. That's true. That would make it easier. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Let's say she was 14 years old. She was 14-year-old. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But like 14-year-old vaudeville dancer in 1929, that means she would have been born in 15, right? Yeah. So then, like, yeah, she could She's be 106, 107. which just still makes it really bold for Miriam to be like, who could have seen this coming? <laughs> I stopped visiting her when she was 95. I haven't seen her in 10 years. Like, at that point, it's like, 
wouldn't you have expected like you should have thought she died like and no one told you like years ago right like it's still like you know she like imagined her she was like this indomitable like force of nature woman like she was like i couldn't like i guess she just couldn't imagine her dying ever um right but like, and but on. she yeah she hasn't been back because she we find out like immediately she has a bad relationship with her mom um and they only talk like once a month or something and she's like it's like our like whatever like check-in she has a bad relationship with her mom and she is like no contact with her dad um and essentially like her dad was abusive, but, like, we don't really, like, find out the specifics about why, just that, like, he was definitely very abusive and that, like, one of the reasons she has a bad relationship with her mom was because just like Josh and the Hating Games mom, the mom enabled his abuse and, yeah. and like, didn't protect uh, Miriam and is still married to him, like, right. isn't, you know. And, and unlike in the Hating Game, the mom in this book is like also a victim of his abuse like it's not just targeted at miriam but it's still like you know someone's a child and someone's an adult <laughs> yeah no anyway yeah so they really so like the fact that tara is like the big city like girlfriend like who's like a high-powered attorney and like slash like wannabe politician like something like that like it's just like peak hallmark movie like she's mm-hmm. the big city boyfriend except she's a girl <laughs> i didn't even think about yeah i guess like that's why tara needs to exist to fulfill the trope because like you yes. really can't you can't absolutely. have this, th- this kind of story without that trope absolutely <laughs> except like tara they don't make her into like a bad person like no she's not a villain yeah miriam has never told tara about like kerrigan's or aunt Cass or any of that and no. like their house is very much like tara style yeah yeah, she doesn't let her – like, Tara doesn't let her put any of her art in the house, which I was just like – I thought that she doesn't let her. Like, Miriam – I don't think Miriam has ever, like, tried. Yeah. But, like, Tara's never asked, which I feel like if, like, your fiancé is an artist, that's, like, a no-brainer. Like, hey, honey, let's put your art up in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Miriam tells Tara that she has to go to Kerrigan's, to the Christmas tree farm. And Tara's like, why are you going? And then she's like, I guess I can come for, like, the second half, I guess. Like, you're going to miss so many social events. Like, I need you to, like, be the perfect wife. Like, whatever. Yeah, like, that's Tara's what like, why don't about. you just send flowers? And I'm like, ma'am. Well, also, listen. I mean, come on. My great aunt died. My grand aunt, who I've yeah, never to told be you about, fair, despite the fact that yeah. we're engaged. It's like, okay, yeah. you didn't know this woman. Why would you go, like – I think, like, Tara knew she existed, but she's, like, you literally haven't, like, spoken to her in 10 years. Like, why would – I don't even know if she knew she existed. Like, she didn't mention it at all. I think she did because, like, Cole knew – Cole knew that the Christmas tree farm existed, but, like, not really anything else. Well, that's true. Okay, so she must have, like, told – yeah, because there's no way Cole would have, like, not – But it's still, like, like, okay, your aunt that you've mentioned, like, one time, like – why are you why are you going? Cole is obsessed with Kerrigan's. Um, and he's described as Cole was her best friend since college. And while she loved him, he was a lot. And I think that is a very <laughs> apt description of Cole as a character because immediately he hears about this funeral and he's like, ah, it is my chance to go to Kerrigan's, the yes. Christmas tree farm. I will force myself onto this funeral trip. <laughs> she's never let him go before, which is really bold because he's so Well, because she's Even- never gone, yeah. Well, yeah, she has. Like, she only stopped going, like, in- like there's definitely, like, she definitely went back without taking him. Like, that's explicit. Like, when they were in college before she stopped going. He's like, my body is ready. My faith in Christmas is going to be renewed. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how he phrases it, but he's like, oh, like, um, like, whatever, like, I'll be like your dad. I mean, your brother, like, I'm too young to be a dad. Like, <laughs> I am a 35 year old teenager. 
Um, she also has, oh yeah, because she's like an influencer, she has like an her like antique art like fandom called the bloomers mm-hmm. which yeah. is fantastic and she also like as like a subgroup of the bloomers are what she calls like her old ladies which essentially are just like old ladies around the country that she just like has adopted as her grandmother and like makes doctor's appointments for and like mm-hmm. helps them with their like their taxes and like all of that groceries shit. like yeah. yeah she like yeah she orders groceries for them like yeah, absolutely. And she, like, I guess is, like, somewhat famous enough to sometimes be recognized in public, which is bold. And Cole, like, throughout the book, he keeps offering to, like, kill and or hack her dad's bank accounts for her. <laughs> he could. And he could. I feel like that mm-hmm. wasn't used enough. Cole's, like – But he did do it I hope – I know. He did do it. But I just, like, if and when Cole gets a book, like, I need that to be, like, part of the primary plot. You know, like I need him hacking into something, being oh, something. like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not him specifically hacking into Miriam's dad, but yeah, like, like I need that to be like the whole thing, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they go to the Christmas tree farm, which also has an inn. And please, please, listener, if you know of someone of somewhere that is a Christmas tree farm that also has like a cute old inn that you can stay in. Please mm-hmm. let me know because like to my knowledge in my limited experience of Christmas tree farms, that doesn't exist. They also have reindeer at this Christmas tree farm and they have reindeer races. They have like all like, God, if this exists in any capacity, please let me know. I feel like Maine probably has one. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Cause Christmas tree farms are usually like a day trip. I feel like, but they, it has to exist. Also, I thought it was funny. Like when they're talking about going on the way to the airport, they're like, there are glimpses of lakes and flashes of moose on the way. It's like a- <laughs> Flashes of moose? Like, ma'am, are the moose flashing you? Are they- <laughs> <laughs> the moose is just like pulling down their pants. Make all the boy the moose, moose go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely heard that where people are like, yeah, we were just driving down. And like, I swear I saw a moose like mm. on the side of the road, you know? It's like no. the bear I saw in Glacier. <laughs> like mooses, mooses in like trench coats, like just whipping the trench coats open and you're like, ah, my eyes. Or technically like flashes of moose, like could be you flashing the moose in a way, you know, like, uh, like you're flashing. Of what the are they moose. doing the that they just like the lift up your shirt, like 10 <laughs> things I hate about you style. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, so they get there and she's like describing the the decorations or whatever. I just like that one of the paintings that Cass had up is described as a velvet Elvis version – or like the whole thing is described as a velvet Elvis version of a Thomas Kincaid painting, which as anyone mm-hmm. in the puzzling world community Fabulous. knows is like the best puzzle. It's the whole puzzle brand. I didn't know that the painting is – you could buy an actual painting. It's like a real you painting. can. I know because yeah. my friend and I went to this like cutesy little like town near us today and lo and behold one of the stores was thomas kincaid and it was just paintings it was just paintings i was like oh my god he actually makes art it's not just for puzzles so they're not like just prints of paintings like does he is this man still alive like who is he did you buy one were they expensive no i did i didn't go in but i was like very like everything didn't go in paris landscape to like the Little Mermaid, like the Little Mermaid painting was there, <laughs> available for well, purchase. He died, he died pretty young. That's kind of sad. Oh, he was only 44. But he was so oh, sorry, prolific. 54. He was so 54. prolific. No, he like, was. Wow. 
Art now critics faulted his work, his work for being kitsch, and he died of acute intoxication from alcohol and diazepam at the age of 54. Oh. Fuck the art critics. Thomas. Oh, Their legacy will live on forever among the puzzling community. I want to become one of the 20 American homes with a Thomas Kincaid painting. Well, all we have to do is glue one of our puzzles together. No, Allison, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, okay. So, down the stairs, down the stairs saunters a tortoiseshell cat the size of a pony with ear tufts the size of a human hand. This is crazy. <laughs> the Kleinfelter's calico cat, tortoiseshell cat, sorry. At this point, when Colin, so Hannah, her cousin, like was like lives at the farm works at the farm like was running the farm like with their great aunt and at this point I was like bef- this was like before I sort of like fully processed the fact that Cole was definitely not straight to him and I was Hannah like Cole, Cole and Hannah I was like for sure like they're gonna be the perfect side romance um and I was like I literally wrote so Hannah's ex-fiance is named Levi and Levi Miriam and Hannah were like you know, like a triad, like as children. Um, And I literally wrote, I'm glad Levi is confirmed as out of the picture and as Hannah's evil ex. And then I wrote, sadly, this is wrong because Levi is going to get a redemption arc. (laughs) Why did you want him to be confirmed? Of course he's going to get a redemption arc. I wanted it to be be confirmed evil ex because I didn't want that like looming over the head. You know what I mean? That like, oh, he may come back. You know, if Hannah, if Hannah and Cole were going to be the side romance, I didn't want that like drawn, you know. Also, this man, like, okay, so he's the son of, like, I don't know what the Matthewses do. Like, they're just, like, they just do everything for the end. Like, they're, they like, were, yeah. They're a married couple, work for the end. They had, like, three kids. So Levi's one of them. And the fact that Levi literally, like, th- this is his home. <laughs> like, <laughs> much more than even Hannah's. Like, I mean, it is Hannah's home, too, because, like, she's she refuses to leave. But, like, it's his childhood <laughs> home. His parents still live there. <laughs> it is essentially, like, Hannah was, like... <laughs> Levi, you have to leave and never come back. Like when they Don't broke up, back. and then he yeah. didn't. <laughs> and he, he didn't. doesn't he come back. Hannah, Hannah has to explicitly be like, "You can come back now <laughs> before he comes back, sir." Even when cast eyes, even when he gets oh, a, God. a third of the farm. Anyway, cut to Noel. Okay, so Noel is the love. Interest. A quarter of the farm. Noel has been running the farm with Hannah this whole time. As previously stated, she is a large – she's specifically described as a hot, fat butch, I think is the words that Miriam's going to use. Yeah. Yeah. She wears overalls. She cuts trees, et cetera, et cetera. She's a lumber Her woman. dead parents. She's an alcoholic, like recovery, you know, in, in remission, recovery, yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. And she's like Hannah's BFF, like they're each other's person, quote unquote, yeah. whatever. And she has – at the beginning has a lot of bottled up resentment towards Miriam because apparently everyone's always talking about how great Miriam is and she's like Miriam Miriam were so great like she would have come back yeah but also like oh we miss Miriam so much oh she was so great like oh like blah 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 and she was like well Miriam never fucking came back even when Cass was like at this point Noelle thinks that like Miriam knew Cass was sick and like didn't didn't even come back and that she didn't come back when Hannah and Levi when Hannah like fell apart after the breakup yeah which Miriam didn't know about Hannah and Levi. Like they were together for like they six dated. years. She didn't She's even know been they in were dating. contact with Levi. Like they talk. I don't know why she and Hannah didn't talk, but like, yeah, that's insane. Anyway, day of the funeral, Noelle's in the kitchen making hot chocolate or whatever. And in walks, quote, like a tiny elf <laughs> who looks exactly like Cass. And she doesn't know that it's Miriam at first, even though she does look exactly like Cass. Yeah. 
I, I'm going to be honest, like, so it was, like, cute at first that, like, Miriam was described as an elf, but then, like, later when their relationship became sexual, I just, like, started, like, every time she was described as an elf, like, I got more and more uncomfy with it. I was just, like... <laughs> Like, mm, stop that now. Like, it's cute, Why? like, on a first, like, oh, I don't know. I was maybe because I was like picturing like the, the elves, elves from the Santa, Santa Claus who are played yeah, by children. Elves, yeah. But, like, I they're know, not always. I know, but I wasn't Think about like, it's, an like elf. a Chris. No, but I understand. But it's like a Christmas elf as opposed to like, uh, like Legolas from Lord of the Rings elf. You know no, what I mean? I they're two different that. like contexts. Well, but they're just, no, but, but like, I feel like that's not fair to the small elves to infantilize no, them I like just know, because they're sh- they're I'm, short doesn't mean they're like perpetual I was children totally whatever fine tim allen it. might tell you <laughs> i was totally fine with it for like 90 percent of the book and then it was uh-huh. just at the very end when she was still being called an elf that i was like <laughs> "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well, i thought it was cute at first it was cute at first i was like oh that's cute and very christmas themed oh oh also the fact that her name is noel just like flagging that again like in a in a Hallmark Christmas movie and the Mm -hmm. fact that the town Rachel it's called Advent it's called Advent incredible as it should be as it should be that's why she picked it yeah Miriam's like I don't know if Cass picked it like this or like if they changed the name after she got here like (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) Noelle's like oh she's just way too beautiful it's too early in the morning for this like I can't handle it and then like she makes her coffee and Hannah walks in Wait, wait, and, and then like, and then before she gets her coffee, um, Miriam, um, when she scrunches up her face, she looks like the grumpy cat meme. <laughs> Quote. <That's funny. laughs> she has a lot of really curly hair also for nailing down Miriam's physical description. So then Hannah walks in and outs Miriam basically, not for being gay, but for being the evil cousin, Navarro, the prodigal cousin. She's like, my first best friend, Miriam, and my forever best friend, all in the yeah. same kitchen together. <laughs> and Noelle's like, oh. It's you. I fucking hate you. Which, like, again, she yeah. looks exactly like Cass. Why hasn't that clued her in? Unclear. I just – and at this point – so at this point, I didn't realize that, like – so nobody seems to like Miriam's dad. So I thought everyone sort of, like, had the general down low on, like, mm-hmm. what her home life was like. But then, like, later on – and so I was like, why – like, why – like, did they never explain this to what? Why does no one get, like, why she left? Like, that she, like, didn't want to be around her dad. But then, like, later on, it seems that, like – you know, people don't like him because he just has bad vibes, but like they didn't like know the full extent of like all the shit that he did. Right. And then I was um, like, okay, fine. Like <laughs> that's fine. But at this point I was like, guys, guys, <laughs> why are we well, faulting the abuse victim <laughs> in this situation? Well, there's not just that bad vibes because Noelle's like, yeah, Hannah told me that like her dad – I don't know. Her dad like calls Noelle the help and like makes fun of Kerrigan's. And for some reason, Hannah like passes that on to Noelle. Like, I don't know. So he is like generally shitty. Yeah, he's generally shitty, but like the full extent of what he specifically Mm -hmm. did to Miriam, Mm -hmm. you know, because he oh definitely yeah and her child yeah. And Noelle's like ah now I hate her, but now I have to try not to think about how soft her hair would be to touch. Grr. So angry. (laughs) Yeah, and so it's time for Shiva, which is. Like a week long, like Jewish morning, morning period ritual. where people come, but it's and not like supposed to be yeah. sad necessarily. You know what I mean? Like just like people come and like you know pay their talk respects about and the talk about the person and, like, and eat, eat deviled eggs. <laughs> so okay, so this week like basically goes by in a blur. Like there's no romance progress at the, during this time, which I thought was weird. That made it not like a Hallmark movie because normally like by the end of this week it's got to be nailed in, locked and loaded. Like, oh, one hundred. Instead, it's do we just get like a few pages and it's just like then it's over. Yeah. 
but it is yeah. like it's October to like January is like the, no, that makes the sense. I know I wasn't I wasn't book. thinking about that at first. And also, like you know, someone they loved just died. Like it would have felt weird if they were like hooking up in like the closet of the funeral right. <laughs> during the no, shiva. For sure, <laughs> I'm just saying that would never stop a Hallmark movie. Yeah, That's all I'm no. saying. Well, they never would hook up in a closet in the Hallmark movie, Rachel. They would like maybe sensually touch hands, yeah. but that's it. It would be like an awkward closet scene where like – Anyway, towards the end of the week, lawyer man shows up and he's like another person who I feel like there was way Elijah. too much like, backstory on. Elijah. And he's like a family friend, unclear what his role is except to like be fun lawyer man who gives like sketchy legal advice. <laughs> like, he does not seem to be very <laughs> personally confined by um, ethics. But listen, uh, <laughs> professional you're, responsibility. You're like the only lawyer in this town. You you know, you got to play loose. But it's even more important to follow the rules of professional responsibility. Anyway, and he's like, it's time to read the will. And he's like, well, as you know, Cass originally, and as she told them, she was going to leave the house, the farm half and half to Noelle and Hannah. But psych, like a few weeks ago, she told me to split it in four equal parts instead. So now it's being left to Noelle, Hannah, Miriam, and Levi. I was like, so not the rest of the Matthews family? Like, not just the other kids, but, like, not the parents. Like Because – so the reason she did it is because she was, like – she was going to leave it to Hannah and Mary – or Hannah and Noelle. And then she was, like, hang on. I got to, like – she – Miriam calls it, like, she plays Yenta, who's, like, the matchmaker from Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) And she's, like, no. No, I'm going out with a bang. And so I am altering my legal will simply so I can, like, bring home – a boyfriend and a girlfriend for Hannah and Miriam. <laughs> but not <laughs> like, just that. It's it. also like it also the farm is struggling. Like she didn't mm-hmm. communicate this to Noel and Hannah, which seems kind of shitty. Like still. It's in, like she she took out it's like a double shambles. mortgage. Like it's really right. bad financial it's, trouble. It's really bad. And she's like, I she has this whole metaphor. She's like, Noel Hannah will steer the ship. Noel will be like the first mate or something. Like Miriam will follow the stars. Levi will swab the deck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some shit like that. <laughs> But it doesn't sound bad like that. It's like they all have equal parts, but like I just don't yeah, know yeah, the, yeah. the parts of a ship. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but Noelle and Hannah are understandably pissed about this because their plan was to just like – well, first of all, they were going to own half the farm instead of only 25% and they were just going to run it for the rest of their lives. And they had like already been running it. So they're like, why are they – why is she forcing these like interlopers on us? And Hannah's like still not sure. She's like really hurt by Miriam leaving. So she's still not sure if she wants Miriam to stay. And so Hannah's like, okay, well – I'll just have to like – I'll contact the Rosensteins and like see if, if they'll like front for us. And Miriam's like, well, that's not going to work. But like go ahead and try. Yeah. Well, basically Noelle is like super mean to Miriam. She's like, well, obviously you're just going to sell your shares to us. Like that's like stupid. Like why would you stay around here? And then like Miriam storms out and like she essentially – the reason she decides to stay and like I love this like – when someone decides mm-hmm. to de- stay, like, I'm going to go and do this thing that I really don't want to no- do, but I'm going to do it because I'm petty and spiteful. Like, I'm going to do it to prove – but, like, just like, yeah. oh, no, oh know, well, you like, think? Right, you think you I can't? You think that I, I can't do this petty. well? That's not being petty. That's just, like, it's rising kind of being a yeah. petty. No. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like the biggest red flag that I – this is a side note, but people who self-describe themselves as petty – uh, that's a no. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a huge red flag. Like, just correlationally wise, I don't know. Like, <laughs> be cool. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Miriam decides to stay. They tell Levi, but Levi 
uh, you know, Hannah hasn't given him permission to come back to the place that he now owns 25% of. So he's not going to come back until literally the last page. So they're like, they're just like trying to figure out like what to do. They're like, Miriam is like, I'm going to like stay until Thanksgiving to like, so we can all like figure out like what's going to happen. And like, I can stay whether I want to leave or whether I want to stay like blah, 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 blah. blah. And Noelle is just super mean to her. Just really, Mm -hmm. just really mean to her. She's like, you're a big Instagram artist. Like me, I'm steadfast. You're frivolous. Like you've never even worked here. And then later, Miriam's sitting there reading Jane Eyre and Noelle walks by and she's like, ugh fucking asshole Rochester. And Miriam's like, how is that there? What's sexier than a woman who hates Edward Rochester? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, same, honestly. And then like (laughs) Noelle also has the thought, like Miriam's in a good mood about something and Noelle has like a thought where she like wants to collect Miriam's good moods, quote, like a raccoon collecting treasure. Yeah. (laughs) She's just like so mad about it. Absolutely. As she should be. (laughs) And then so Noelle's – Hannah's like, okay, this is like really annoying that you guys are fighting. Like we do have to work together. We're going to do some forced bonding with sheet masks, like face masks, (laughs) which is funny because we've done that. And Noelle's like complaining and she's like, just shut up and mask. Like They do have like a talk it – they do have a talk it out like thing where Hannah's like basically like come into my office. Like I'm I'm mediating between you two. And I do appreciate that Noelle basically gets all the blame here like this isn't Helena Greer does a great job of not being one of those authors who's like no everybody's at fault here I'm like no no like Miriam left but Noelle's the one that started this for like and I'm glad that we get the acknowledgement of that yeah and it's also very much because Noelle tells Hannah about the fight and she's like and grr like I had to be honest about my part in it because it's important to my sobriety, which I guess is something <laughs> AA teaches no, you. No, that's a thing. Yeah. To just like, to be honest always. Like, I just guess. to be honest, like about like, about self, about fault. like feelings and like fight to not try to, yeah, to like be honest about things that are your fault, like to not try mm. to like shift the blame. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's like a general, not unclear what that has to do with alcoholism, but like, I feel like that's a good practice. Well, because it's often like, oh, no, I drink alcohol because heart, yeah, like you blame other people. Yeah. So yeah, she like realizes she like feels bad about like shitting on her job. She's like, she's the manic pixie bisexual of the estate sales scene. (laughs) And we find out that Cass has like all these art pieces of Miriam's like just out in the store in like the farm this whole time and Noelle's like always admired them and like asked Cass like, oh, where'd you get those? And Cass will just vaguely be like, oh, it's just an up and coming young artist I wanted to support and like wouldn't <laughs> tell her. That it was, like, so Noelle's like, wow, I've actually liked her work for years. And I really like that She's this so was, like – She's so mad about it. <laughs> this is like the one book where like the influencer slash internet person can like actually – enjoy and like be proud of their work instead of like the lesson being that like it's really frivolous and dumb and like learning the true meaning of Christmas which is like not doing anything on the internet like it's like that falling for Christmas uh Lindsay Lohan movie that we watched like that's like the usual way that it goes where it's like they have to learn that they're actually being like so frivolous and like get with yeah the the influencing is like stupid and like yeah Mm -hmm. although I definitely I have there have been a few books that I've read that not Christmas specific, but like, but like that. Mm-hmm. But there is some like it's weird because like there were also some like vibes from Miriam, especially in the beginning, where she was like, "Yeah, I feel like I'm like, I don't feel like myself. Like I have to put on this like mask. Like I'm kind of sick of like." So I don't unclear what the point of that was because she definitely does still like continue with that, right? Yeah, I think she just doesn't. She's like, I really like making art, and like the influencer Instagram stuff is a necessary evil mm-hmm. like to promote it. But like I, I'm not like a huge fan of it. 
No, yeah, you know so I mean? like, I'm good like at it, but like I would. But like, it's not because she's not a huge fan of it because it's frivolous. She's just not a huge fan of it because she doesn't like being it's super exhausting. open with her feelings. Like, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. So now they they do like Operation Save Kerrigan's and they're all like brainstorming like plans that are going to come together for like brainstorming ideas about how to save Kerrigan's. I wrote like I love the explicit Judaism and like that's just true like throughout. I forget like what exactly like triggered me to write this note at that part. But yeah, just like throughout, I don't know. I just like really liked how much Judaism was a part of this book. <laughs> it was just like mm-hmm. cozy and feels like really community oriented in a way that like I feel like I don't necessarily see with certain other religions in books. <laughs> so this whole time, Miriam, mom, Miriam's mom was there for Shiva, but she left, like, and she, like, re-shows up, right? She just, like, yeah, pops she in she just, like, constantly makes out. appearances, yeah. Right. <laughs> People are always making trips. I know. It's, like, fucking to fucking upstate New York, to the Adirondacks, like, so random. Unclear. Like, that's not – From Arizona, that's not right? Like, right. she lives like, in Arizona. It's not – like, the closest airport – is like New York, right? Like, exactly. like Boston. You know what I mean? The closest airport is not no, an a easily yeah. reachable distance from yeah. where this Christmas tree arm is supposed to be. I'm like, how are these people just jet setting? Like, why are they doing that? That sounds exhausting. <laughs> how can they afford to do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. <laughs> um, but sorry. So Miriam's like pitching her idea for the farm, and it's like basically to make it into like more of a year round thing to have events like all the time instead of just Christmas, which is bold considering that was like the whole appeal of it for Cass was like not having to work the whole year. But yeah, whatever. but then Cass, you know, ran the business into the ground. So yeah. <laughs> and they're basically like, we'll think about it and like, but are you going to stay? And Miriam has to start like deciding. Well, because they're basically like, we're not going to be able to do this without like you are the one with this big plan. Like, yeah like the executing it is not really going to be possible like unless you stay yeah and then her mom shows up and they have like a fight where miriam's basically like you let my dad abuse me like you never did anything the mom's like can we ever have a normal relationship miriam's like not if you're still married whatever and noelle like overhears this whole thing and then like afterwards she's like oh i'm sorry whatever like and gives her like little two cents of it. She's like, you don't have to forgive her, even if she was abused too. And Miriam's like, thanks for your input, random woman who hates me. Like, thank you. Yeah. Glad, like, glad, glad I didn't thank you. But um, yeah, she also, she also like Noelle is like, well, you know, growing up with that kind of manipulation, like it must be hard to trust your instincts, which like is fair. But like Miriam's reaction is basically like, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, how dare you? And she, right. Like they just, yeah. it's another fight. Yeah. And Noelle immediately is like, oh, I handled that wrong. I handled right. that poorly. <laughs> Which I just really appreciate that Noelle is constantly like, "Yeah, oh, I done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have the meeting, which we already covered, except that it takes place in, in the library, which is just like a room full of books that people left behind to make room for their luggage, which I love. Like, that's great. That's fabulous. I, that's yeah. the best part about like this type of like place, you know? Just, yeah. Like, it's like all the so like you never random get that in hotels. Stuff. Yeah, like no, like no, books. Yeah, yeah, because they throw it away. Like yeah. in a hotel, like you leave your book at a Holiday Inn, it's going in the dumpster. It's not like yeah. going in like a cute little room. I know, and they or just like even they should just get, put a shelf at the end. Like I don't know. And that'll be my new project. Like how people leave Bibles in drawers, like getting <laughs> Bibles or whatever. I'll just like thrift bookshelves and stick them in the end of the hallways (laughs) so that they can like put books there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then noelle is like she's hanging out with the trees and she's like 
never hurts to remind them that you love them. And I was like, man, you're going to murder them in cold blood. Like, I will never understand. It's like cut flowers. That was my quest. So that was my question. Well, first of all, she calls the trees like good girl. She's like, oh, good girl. Mm, You're growing well. And I was like, that's really cute. But so I was questioning. So there are Christmas tree farms that their business model is not that they cut down the trees. It's like that replanting thing where like you basically rent a tree and then like for like five years and then once the tree gets above a certain height, like they retire it and go plant it in a forest. So like mm-hmm. the trees don't die, forest gets replenished and you just get the same tree that's like growing slightly bigger every year. Like mm-hmm. there, there are Christmas trees with that business model. And I'm like, why are we not doing that here? I feel like yeah. it's it's also 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 more sustainable for the farm. You have it's to really grow less trees. Yeah. They just give it to you like in a pot and then you got to water it. <laughs> oh, I guess. But like traveling it yeah. back and forth is like difficult. Sure. I yeah. I mean, I don't know how, but I've like, I've seen that. Like I've, I like, I've, yeah. I've, I know how common they are, but it's possible. It's still probably better. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's really bold when people are like, yes, like flowers too. Just cut flowers. It's like, let me take this beautiful thing that would have kept living. Let me instead bring it inside and watch it slowly die and decay. <laughs> like, I know we were really hard on I growing up about not having like having a, a real Christmas tree. tree. But like, absolutely. But like I totally right get call. it. That yeah. was absolutely the right call. Just like morally, ethically in terms of not cutting oh, down absolutely. a tree. But all, like, I don't think that's why. The reason oh, for it. sure. Mess, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think he did. He, did. he definitely didn't do it. No, no, no. Was, I'm yeah. saying like, you know. Yeah. Just good no. call all around. Fake trees Absolutely. for the win. You use the same tree every year. It's more sustainable. It's more environmentally plastics, friendly. Like, to say? I know, like, but yeah. you can use it for like 20 yeah. years. You can use the yeah. same fucking fake tree for 20 years. Yeah. Like we did. No. Yeah. No. But then there wouldn't be things like Christmas tree farms. Like there still could be though. You just wouldn't cut the trees. <laughs> they could sell like hot cocoa instead of trees. So then Noelle goes to hang out with her old lady alcoholics. So no, yeah. I have her own old ladies. Like, I love that they both yeah. have old ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unclear why it's only women now that I just thought about it. Like, are there no alcoholic men? Do they just have their own group? Well, may- yeah, maybe it's just like, yeah. And I do think that Miriam's old ladies do actually include some men. Like, they call them old ladies. But the I like I remember the like the specifics of it is like it's she comes in contact with all these old people because they run the antique shops that like she shops at like around the country Mm -hmm. and so like there's definitely like some men there Mm -hmm. that are like specifically like mentioned no i'm not she just calls them mad about it i'm just wondering i guess guess aa could have i guess it makes sense for aa to have like different groups like not necessarily lump everyone together i mean aa is based in like christianity so i would not be surprised if there was a gender divide there right but also i would expect an age divide then maybe there's just not enough people like you yeah, know, this is a small town. Yeah, like maybe like in a bigger city, there would be. Yeah, an but then like, ride, but then, but like, then that brings me to like, why is it only the old women? I guess they could have enough for whatever. It doesn't matter. She goes and hangs out with them, and they're like teasing her about her to, love life. All yeah, like, they're like, you need to get it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you need to get laid. <laughs> yeah, and then the next like big hurdle is that they they don't like people are gonna start coming like checking in whatever, and they don't know what cast used to charge them. Like Cass used to just like charge people based on like how much she liked them or and how much she thought they could pay. So like some people she would like really like high price and other people like nothing. And so like all these people are just going to show up expecting to pay what they paid before, but like they don't know what that is. And Miriam's like, oh, like she's like worried about this and she's like, oh, I'll take care of it. And Noelle's like, oh, never really occurred to me to worry about this. I guess Miriam does run her own business. Like 
I guess successfully. <laughs> right. So I guess like that's another way I was really unfair to her. Unclear how that problem's resolved, but like <laughs> whatever. So then like Hannah is in the background like being really controlling, which is like her whole shtick and butting heads or whatever. And Miriam, after like a fight with Hannah or whatever, goes to talk to the reindeer and she's like like someone like Mr. Matthews and Noella walk up to her. Yeah. Like walk up on her and she's like, ah, oh. like her first instinct is to be like scared because she's like, if my dad ever saw me being sweet with an animal, it would be like emotional leverage forever. And so then I was like, oh my God, the trauma is going to be that he like murdered her dog in front of her. Like that's going to be part of it. And that's not what happened. Close. Well, he but... sold her horse. Not close. No, 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 no. But like what he does, the big thing that he does that makes her go no contact, like it's kind of. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> like it's it's not the no. same, but I'm saying it's, it's kind of like no, in terms absolutely... of emotional trauma. No, I mean it's bad, but it's no nowhere near as bad for the reader as. Well, yeah, not for the reader. I'm saying for Miriam, like in terms of no, like. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't compare that. Destroying something that you love. It's not the same at all. He does sell – he sold her horse. That's what it is. He didn't kill any animals at least like on screen, on page. They're like, oh, you should paint the barn, Miriam. And Noelle like volunteers to be her assistant. It's like repaint the logo. Yeah. Like Miriam has like uh, this weird hang up about like painting. Like she's like, oh my god, mm. like I haven't painted in a decade and we don't know why. But so she's like super nervous about painting the mural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Noelle's like, oh, you're actually like really good. Like – Whatever, and Noelle opens up and she's like, I guess I've been in kind of like a self-imposed fugue state for a while where like I just kind of put myself in a limbo. I wouldn't let anyone in or like – because if I let like some emotions in, then I could let them all in and I can't do that. And she's like, but you hate me anyway. It's like, why would you care? And Noelle's like, I don't hate you. You have several positive qualities. (laughs) She's like, you're not the worst person I've ever met about being a human. (laughs) And and then like Miriam is like – Okay, that wow. was really mean. Like, we just had, like, an emotional moment and, right. like, you're still being mean to me. What the fuck? And luckily, Hannah – I mean, Noelle does immediately – was like, oh, wait. That was, like, a really mean thing to say. Like, I didn't it's mean not, for it I to be it. mean, but, like, it was, like, a – like, it definitely came off that way. <laughs> but it was – like, they, she, Hannah just, like, struggles, like, communication or whatever. Like, not, like, in her desire to communicate, but, like, just in the way she, like, phrases Noelle, shit. Like, mean. Yeah. Yeah, Noelle. And no, yeah, Noelle immediately apologizes. She's also like horribly bad at the, the, the apology, but like she apologizes about like everything. And Miriam is like, wow, you're really bad at apologies, yeah. but like accepted. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like you're kind of, I'm kind of like sleeping beauty. Like I have to decide whether to stay awake or go back to sleep. Like now that I've like woke up and started feeling things. And she tells Noelle about her like relationship with her fiance and describes it as basically like friends with benefits. Like we each have like something the other one wants. And Noelle's like, are you aromantic? Because this sounds like a great relationship like for that and they're like no and she's like Miriam's like no like we just don't really like unpredictable things (laughs) (laughs) fair enough (laughs) and Noelle's like all right well if you need if you need like any more venting like just find me and I'll let you use my chainsaw yeah she says let me know if you want to use the chainsaw I find it very meditative when I need to make a decision (laughs) right I was like fair enough yeah fair (laughs) enough I mean I could imagine a chainsaw being very meditative not you know for the original purpose of the chainsaw as we mentioned in last episode but for the current purpose of the chainsaw (laughs) absolutely um but then as Noel walks away, around the corner comes who but Tara, the one and only, who's like randomly shown up. I think like right before that, though, Miriam does decide to break up with Tara. Like Miriam decides mm. in her mind to break up with Tara before Tara. Like yeah. I think it's literally she's like, oh, I'm going to break up with Tara. And then like 20 minutes later, Tara's like, I'm here for Thanksgiving. It's impressive that Miriam like sticks to her guns. 
What could it be me? I feel like I would change my mind a million times, like especially the person that showed oh, up. Oh yeah. You know? Okay, so Tara shows up, and Miriam for Thanksgiving them. for Thanksgiving. And Miriam's introducing them to everyone. She's like, this is my cousin Hannah. This is Noelle, the manager. And Noelle is like immediately really rude. Miriam's like, why is she being so rude? rude? She's like, who are you even? She's like, she looked like a lizard frilling out its neck to threaten intruders into its territory. (laughs) (laughs) And Miriam's like, huh, I can't imagine. Why is she being so hostile to my fiance? This is so weird. Like, she doesn't hate me. (laughs) And Tara like defaults back into her like southern charm, which Miriam is like, that's what she does when she's like comfortable. And it's like Miriam's heart hurt at how badly Tara was trying to be polite. It's like, oh, like that's why, and that's why I feel like I want Tara to have her own story. Like, because I feel like we get so much like human details about Tara. I agree. I was like, it would have been so easy to make Tara the villain. But I also like how it was handled because I didn't think Miriam was the villain either. You know, I was like, this just kind of sucks. Yeah, the way it's framed is like Tara's kind of emotionally unavailable, but it's like all kind of like a defense mechanism or whatever. But like also Miriam is emotionally unavailable, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Either the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Also at this point, before we get into like the Thanksgiving fight, we find out that uh, Cole's full name is Nicholas. Yeah, and I I was like, I've met people like that before. I always forget. Did you know? Do you know what this means? What? He's the Christmas magic man. Why? Cole is the Chris. His full name is Nicholas. He also (laughs) provides the magic, like, solution to everyone's problems at that. Like, Cole is the Christmas magic man. Cole is the Christmas magic man. (laughs) (laughs) Helena knows about the Christmas magic man, and she knew, like, she, like, recognizes that as a time-honored trope in these movies. (laughs) And she was like, I gotta include it. I'm gonna put a little twist on it, because he's gonna be a young guy. I think think that was absolutely – no, 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 no. Because the Christmas Magic Man is like mysterious man that just pops up at random times, which is exactly what Cole does. He just pops up at random times (laughs) and provides like (laughs) – like pushes along the plot. There's so many people that pop. Yeah. I know, but that's like Cole literally – his whole character is like flying back and forth (laughs) like five times. I know he really works. Yeah, it's so because I get because right because like at one point she's like talking to him on the phone. I thought I was like, wait, he's been there this whole time. But then I realized that it is on the phone. But then he does show up in person again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, Tara's like being. She's like, oh, I love this whole like dapper aesthetic you've cultivated to Noel and Noel's like I call it Farmer Dyke, and bless your heart. <laughs> anyway, Kringle the cat gets a mention. They disturb him. That night when Noel like flops down on Hannah's bed to vent. And Hannah is like, oh, like you should just like this isn't a problem. Like you just need to tell her or whatever. Like Noel's like, oh, well, like what if we break up? Like then I'll get kicked out. Like because she's the one who belongs here. Like she gets Kerrigan's, I'll lose everything again. Like just like I did with my parents. And Hannah's like, what are you talking about? Like you belong here just as much. And she's like, yeah, like you're right. I can't imagine anything worse than owning Kerrigan's with your ex. Like <laughs> Which is what Hannah is doing with Levi. Yeah. Although, once again, she has banned Levi from the premises. When they call – yeah, they call Cole in to, like, talk about it. So, like, Hannah, Noel, and Cole are all sitting around talking about Miriam. They're like, what's her decision going to be? I was like, this is just so bold. Like, I'm just waiting for Miriam to walk in and be like, what the fu-? – like, I don't know. Just, like, it seemed like a betrayal. Like, I don't know. My Whatever. greatest fear. It was fine. <laughs> God. 
all my friends sitting around talking about me like not they're not even necessarily shit talking but just like talking about I'm like I exist when I'm not physically in your presence you perceive like, if me. it's if it's not like oh my god she's the best person in the entire world I don't want you talking about me. Oh <laughs> all right so then time for Thanksgiving Mrs. Matthews like cooks everything they don't have Thanksgiving food because they all like hate Thanksgiving they <laughs> whatever and they talk about like how Christmas at the Rosenstein's cousins like Hannah was like oh well it was fun there like Miriam never came and Miriam was like, oh, I don't think we were invited. And he was like, yeah, you definitely were because like everyone was always complaining that you weren't there. And Miriam's like, oh, well, like we always had to go to like my dad's like work things or whatever. And like he was always watching. Like if we did anything he deemed unacceptable, even if we'd done it a million times or he told us to do it, like there would be consequences. Like one time I wore a bow on the wrong side of my head and he sold my horse. And like this description just made me like really anxious. I was like, wow, like – I'm glad we got details on what the dad was actually like because I feel like so many times it's just like vague. Yeah. He was shitty and it's like that can mean anything and like I don't – and this is almost like the specificity makes it like worse almost. And we find out that Noelle, her backstory, she got her master's in forestry at Yale, which was full of people I hated and guys named Todd, but it was a good program, <laughs> which is really funny because that's exactly the same description. <laughs> I have a friend who went to Yale and that's like pro- – pro- like, almost word for word of like what her description of it is like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> people I hated and guys named Todd <laughs> which implies you like the Todd's Corner yeah that implies like in. the guys named Todd were the only people that she liked yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so she wanted to be like a park ranger and they're like why didn't you do that like your plan and she's like oh well well my parents died and I basically just like went MIA from everyone who cared about me for a while and she's like hmm I've just now realized that I've done the same thing I've been accusing of Miriam Miriam of doing this whole time except like maybe to a much greater extent she was like maybe I was projecting huh right unclear why (laughs) like cutting off everyone you cared about would make you not move to a cabin on the Grand Canyon like that didn't really add up for me but like whatever don't question it. Made her like abandon her dreams. And then she's like, and then like I had a friend come here and I met like, – I ended up staying here with Hannah or whatever. Because Noelle's – did we mention this? Noelle's parents were also alcoholics. And, oh, like, right. Noelle and that's why. had like yeah. had her first drink of alcohol at like 10 and was like a full-fledged like alcoholic by like 14 mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like – I like she, she went sober at like 18 and her parents then were like, oh, you're no fun anymore. You left us behind. Like So yeah. So then Noelle asked like Tara a question. She's like, what do you even do besides like be a – from like a racist old money. Yeah, family. she was like, "How does it feel to live off antebellum money?" Like, right, she's just right, like, really right. Mean. And then Tarek is like a really good answer. She's like, "Oh well, yeah, like it does suck, but like I'm doing my best. Like my whole work is like public defense and like listening to the people that I'm helping, like whatever. But like, of course, she's I'm like, not I can't perfect, help how it was whatever. born. I can help, yeah." Like- what I'm doing and it's now. a good answer and Noelle's like oh girl <laughs> it almost makes me like Tara I hate this She's a good person god damn it <laughs> god damn it yeah and then they go Christmas caroling right do they for some reason they do it because it's like Miriam was the most present she'd ever been in her body like oh. which like Christmas caroling what I realized is that Christmas caroling is basically the Christmas version of like when people when everyone sings at you for your birthday and you just have Horrible. to sit there and like not know what to do so at some point between when we have the diner scene and the uh dinner like the thanksgiving dinner scene i watched a tiktok Mm -hmm. okay and this tiktok was it was like a format of tiktok i've seen before 
And it was about how this girl had like really conservative parents. So, you know, it was like laughing about how they wouldn't let her sleep in the same bed with her fiance. And okay, so her fiance is actually someone uh, like, I guess, mid-level famous, like he's some sort of musician. Mm -hmm. But and he is a man. This is a straight couple. But the thing is, and maybe it was because I was reading this book where the love interest is a butch lesbian. So I was like primed for like a butch femme relationship. Mm -hmm. But this man had long hair and just like generally was very gender ambiguous. Like he could be a butch lesbian or just like (laughs) a man with long hair. You know what I mean? So I was like, my first instinct was like, Oh, this is a lesbian. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting that like the family is totally okay with them being lesbians, but like like draws, draws the, the line, line at like sleeping together bed. before marriage. And then I she had tagged him and I clicked on his profile and I was like, this is a man. <laughs> this is not <laughs> right, right, right. We had this how does this relate to the book? I just thought it was funny and it was about a oh, book okay. and a femme. It was about a butch, okay. butch lesbian and a femme. And I was like, look, it's okay. the book. Like it's what I'm reading right now. Like it's that relationship. <laughs> That's funny. And that is like a very romance novel thing. Like that is what like would happen in a romance novel. Oh, yeah. Novel. Like I can't ex- – it would be like the family who like it makes no – it would be really unusual for that kind of type of family to be like okay with – okay, but they would just like still apply all the other standards. Like yeah. yeah. I also no, just wanted absolutely. to tell someone about this TikTok and I didn't want to like comment on the video or anything because like I felt that would be like mean – if I like explicitly yeah, was okay. like, I thought this was a butch lesson, <laughs> but I did want someone to know that I found it very funny. Yes, that is funny. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So, okay. So this diner situation, there's a bunch of other like side characters that aren't important, but like basically the waitress is like, like, I don't know, somehow is like, oh, come back for our like Christmas special or whatever. And Tara's like, oh, well, Miriam won't be here after next week or whatever. And the waitress is like, oh, I thought you were staying. Like, And then everyone else basically – yeah, and Tara's like, uh, what? Like she finally realizes that like they've everyone else has been – has knows something that she doesn't and has been keeping something from her. And they basically go into the snow and like have like a fight, like a breakup fight. And yeah, Miriam's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know how to tell you. And Tara's like, all right, well, I am here like – this like I'm fighting in the snow with you instead of like spending the holiday with my family who she seems to hate but like whatever she's like because you lied to me yeah whatever but like eventually they're like okay whatever like Miriam's like maybe next Thanksgiving you'll fall in love and yeah I just thought it was done really well I was like wow this is like a really as healthy a breakup as it can be when like your girlfriend inherits a Christmas tree farm and ends up falling for the <laughs> arborist you know right. like <laughs> also I feel like is the only like, I feel like this type of breakup is only really possible when you don't really have feeling like. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And also just this is when the random man comes up and is like flirting with Cole and is like the best Darcy is obviously in the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. <laughs> Wait, and I'm pretty sure that the random like sprightly man who shows up, his name, yeah. I wrote it down. It's Nicholas Jedediah Sawyer Bright. So his name is also Nicholas. So maybe he's the Christmas magic man. They're both the Christmas magic man. Really unclear. They combine together to fight crime and fall in love in two books from now. Wait up. (laughs) So then Noel and Miriam are just like sitting together. For some reason, Noel is whittling a duck the whole time, like a wooden duck. Why not? What do you mean? Why not? not? Indeed. No, absolutely. (laughs) Like like, it's funny. And Miriam's basically like, "Yeah, I just want you to ask me to stay. Like, will you ask me to stay?" 
And Noel's like, will you stay? Miriam's like, yes, I'm in. And so she like decides to stay. And I just like I, – I love how openly Miriam is like, listen, I want to fuck you like really bad. Like I know I just broke up with my girlfriend, but I really want to fuck you. But I am not emotionally re- – like neither of us are emotionally ready for that right now. But I just want to let you know that I would be totally down to bone in any other circumstance. <laughs> yeah. And then – she goes and bakes. It's a cute holiday baking yeah. scene. Yeah, it's yeah, a cute exactly. holiday baking scene. And like exactly. Noelle even licks jam off of Miriam's – like the corner of her mouth. Or no, Miriam licks jam mm. off the corner of Noelle. Like, and they're standing under the mistletoe. They don't kiss. But I was like, perfect. Like Helena, <laughs> you know that she inhales Hallmark movies. Oh, absolutely. Like at an insane pace. Absolutely. She's, they're, they're in her soul. As they should be. Oh, and this is when the mom shows up and admits to the abuse for the first time. And she's the mom's like waiting outside, like she won't come in the house. And oh, she, no, she's and being dramatic. Miriam, yeah, Miriam compares her to Heathcliff brooding in the moors. <laughs> and I just like I really, really appreciate this. Is another thing, go Helena Greer for her constant shit talking of literary Bronte novels. Heroes. No, specifically yeah. Bronte yeah. novels because I like hate them. Like. Wonderful. Helena Greer and I are on the same page about <laughs> how we feel about it. At the very least, Charlotte and Emily. I've never read Anne's book. Maybe Anne's book is okay, but yeah, Charlotte and Emily, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go on their first like actual date. And I think it – is it on Miriam's birthday? Is this yes. when this happens? Yeah, because her birthday is like the day before Christmas or something. Something like that. Or the mm-hmm. day before Hanukkah. It's the day before something. Yeah. And they go into town. They have like – in a sleigh, right? Or no, sorry. It's in like a, a refurbished Chevy pickup, which I thought was very Twilight of us. <laughs> Hannah and um, Miriam go to a local coffee shop and we get like, you know, the local coffee shop owner and then they go into like the thrift shop next door and it's like this lady and like Hannah's like, they're secretly in love. Then Noelle like finds out, they have a conversation because like Kerrigan's does like a big Christmas tree decoration, right? Oh yeah, the Christmas tree lighting. Oh my God, like you've never, you've never decorated a Christmas tree and Miriam is like, I'm, I'm Jewish. Why would I have ever decorated a Christmas tree? (laughs) No, I was like, yeah, but like it's shiny and like art and it's up your alley. Like I think that you would really like it. And then, like, Miriam is like, wow, like, you actually like my art? You think my, like, art is important? Like, that's wild. Like, most people don't. And Noelle is, like, internally just screaming, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> How dare anyone ever make her feel bad about herself? <laughs> yeah, she because the whole time she was like, oh, it's weird that she doesn't talk about, like, Tara and her art as much or whatever. She doesn't, like, support her. And then they all go sledding like they used to as kids. That's just, like, another fun Hallmark movie scene that's not really, like, anything related. And they come into the Matthews and, like, Mrs. Matthews gives Miriam, like, she's like, maybe you should stop making yourself the center of the story. <laughs> like, all of you are interested in <laughs> But she's like, maybe you should think about Hannah, too. Like, whatever. And, like, Levi, because that Levi is her son also. I'm glad somebody finally thinks about Levi. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, right. But, like, the fact that his parents, like, aren't even, like, fully on his side. I know. Well, he's currently in Australia on a baking competition. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. We skipped a bunch. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay, so that wasn't okay. her birthday. No, no, no. No, it wasn't her birthday. That's just Hannah and Miriam hang out. Noelle and and Miriam hang out on her birthday. Mm, okay. Anyway. So they were hanging out. So then they all go sledding together. It's a fun, fun time. And <laughs> Noelle describes it 
her and Miriam sledding together as it was like a Calvin and Hobbes strip if Calvin and Hobbes were sexually frustrated sapphics. <laughs> and I was like, I both love that description and it is also incredibly weird. It is very is a weird like association with a, with a with a child with a little boy and his stuffed tiger. So weird. Interesting. I mean, I get it visually. I can see it. It's like in like, Twilight. When Bella's describing, like, I forget who she's describing, like Sam and Emily as like a mother looking at her newborn child or something. No, that, yeah, that was a, it wasn't Sam and Emily, but it was like someone. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Jared like, and Kim, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was like, anyway. Like, I understand, but why? Mm. <laughs> so then finally it's Miriam's birthday and they go ice skating and have a heart to heart. And Noelle. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm sorry. Before that, they all lie on the floor by the fire. And the cat, this is when the cat lays down next to them and is as tall as Miriam when he lays oh, yeah. down next to yeah, them. When he, he like stretches out. out. And yeah. I was just like, how? Like, I understand. Like, how huge is this cat? How is fucking tall, big is this cat? I know that Miriam, but she's like five one. You know what I, I mean? Would, like, yeah. like five, five, one. Like, like think about it. The how cat, like, fucking big is this cat? It stretches its I legs know, out. I but like. God damn, a five foot it's long like, cat? Have you ever seen those pictures of Maine Coons? Like you Google that picture that we found of that woman. Like, I know, up and, like, I know. No, I know. That's it's insane. Still, like a lion. I know. It's a I know fucking it's like huge that thing, cat. Like, how cats are more powerful pound for pound. And it's like if you had a cat the size of a dog, it would be too dangerous because it would eat you. <laughs> uh, see, I don't know. Uh-huh. So this is when this is when we also find out that um uh, the Rosensteins agree to like fund to help like, mm. to back their like their like business application if they can like show off that they have a successful event that they've done like a successful event they had told them before Uh, that they would do it if they had a business plan yeah but they agree to the business plan they're like Mm -hmm. show us a business plan and now they're like okay so like we'll Mm -hmm. do it but you just have to show that like you can do a successful Mm -hmm. event or whatever and so they decided they're adding like a carnival slash like town excitement thing during um the tree lighting and miriam is going to decorate the tree Mm -hmm. so now finally it's miriam's birthday yes Okay. Miriam's birthday. One more thing before that. Okay. Levi asks to come home. He like sends Miriam a note. He's like, can I come home? It's like a weird, <laughs> sketchy, like and handwriting. Then Miriam is like, yeah. Miriam is like, uh, Hannah. Or no, Hannah opens Miriam's mail because like she sees that it's Levi's handwriting. <laughs> and she's like, oh, whoops. And then Miriam is like, it's up whoops. to you. And I'm like, again, why is Hannah the only one that gets to decide this? Like, I understand they had a bad breakup. But this is his house too. He's his parents are here. Yeah. His parents are here. I know. He's like nieces Jeez. and nephews. Like, yeah, yeah. Bold. All right. So it's Miriam's fucking birthday. Yes. <laughs> it's finally, yeah. yes. Are we good? It's Miriam's birthday. Yes. They go ice skating. Her and Noel. They have a heart to heart. Miriam's like, I want you to kiss me for my birthday. They have their first kiss. But before that, Noel, who this whole time has been like in the beginning, she was judging Miriam for being gone and like never coming home for like 10 years. And then finally Miriam comes home and Noelle's like, well, I mean, you threw away all your dreams for Kerrigan's in an instant. How do I know you're not going to change your mind again? I was yeah. like, wow, bold. Like I get it. It's not technically not consistent, but like, ma'am. It is like it's her whole <laughs> outcome. Her whole like shtick is like constantly reasoning. like. Yeah, it's consistent with reasoning, not with like outcomes. Not when not like she got the outcome she wanted, but like yeah. But yeah, Miriam is like, let's go ice skating, and Noelle is like, oh, I shouldn't do it, but like, I have to go to stop Miriam falling through the ice. Like, what if she goes alone and then she I falls know. through the ice? Like that's so bad. And then like when they finally like when Miriam's like, I want you to kiss me, and Noelle is like, I don't know. And then <laughs> Noelle's like, Noelle put her hands on Miriam's hips to steady herself, so Miriam didn't knock her over. That's all. <laughs> like not <laughs> not to kiss, just. 
Just so I don't fall. <laughs> right. <sighs> so the next yeah. day, they go on a little date just in town, and they go in Noelle's refurbished 1976 red Chevy pickup, which is very Twilight. Points for that. I feel like that ups yes. the cat scale. Just like <laughs> – Oh, um, well, right after we have a Twilight when they're meeting for their date. Mir- Noel is, quote, waiting for Miriam among the trees. And I know it's just like stand like she's just like standing like among the trees, like doing her job and like Miriam comes up to her. But I'm imagining like Edward Cullen, like in a tree, like staring down. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, like when when she's reading. I was also like, Noelle never would have broken Bella's truck because they have the same truck, right? She would have like, yeah, she would have been like, absolutely, or maybe for the competition. Yeah, but also Catscale, also not Twilight, but Catscale. Miriam's like, I don't know how to decorate the tree, blah blah blah. Like I've never decorated a tree, and um, Noelle is like, one year there was a flying cat tree. (laughs) I can't really visualize Mm, that, but like I would love to. (laughs) A flying cat tree. Yeah, Stop. I love it. <laughs> oh my god, the cats would probably be terrified. Well, no, I don't think it was literal cats. <laughs> Listen, no, I don't think she like tied cats to the tree. <laughs> what does that mean? I think it was. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So they go on their little date, and Noelle is like takes Miriam antique shopping, and we get one of my little favorite micro tropes where like one person just like watches the other person like doing something that they're excited about and that they love and it's just like mm-hmm. this is the best thing I could watch this all day like just watching them be happy she's collecting <laughs> her good moods like a raccoon collecting treasure <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like I don't know yeah it doesn't matter her little tiny hands I, I think it's particularly like it really stuck for me because I'm imagining like Noelle, a human being, a large human being, but with tiny little raccoon hands. <laughs> just with tiny little raccoon hands. Just going like, mm-hmm. like rubbing them together. Yeah. Washing their hands. The raccoon with the cotton candy. And he's like sad. Oh God, the tragic. <laughs> tragic. Yeah. Then they pull over in the truck and they make out. Which I would say was like the most explicit scene in this book. Like this book is like closed door i would say yeah for sure it's not very skinny um but during this makeout we get tongues and teeth and hands we get a twist a twist i know no lips involved but hands yeah tongues and teeth and hands everywhere but then it's cut off because yeah. Miriam very reasonably is like, we'll get a ticket for public – I'll get a birthday ticket for public indecency. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't usually stop people in these books. But like, fair enough. Listen, I've been saying it. Fair enough. At least it's not at either of their places of employment technically and they can't get fired because they do own it. But That's yeah. That's, that is true. And then – Okay, so then they have like her birthday, like Mrs. Matthews made her cake, whatever. And Cole's there for some reason. And they're like up in the attic and Cole like – find some of her paintings like basically it all comes to light like miriam used to like was like a Paint. successful painter miriam Roz, yeah like she tried she like was she got like a lot of good press when she was like in her 20 like young 20s like in college they were gonna have an auction for her art like the first auction and someone like one anonymous person bought all of her paintings except two 
bought them for like a lot of money um and then she goes up to like their cape cod beach house because of course they have cape cod beach house with her dad and mom and the dad it turns out it was the dad who bought them all and he has a bonfire and burns all the paintings in front of her because he's like he has like i don't know what his business is but he has some vague undefined business that he wanted her to follow him in okay so maybe i was like matilda projecting but like at first i thought it was like used car sales but i think it's like (laughs) real estate i think it's real estate. oh okay okay that makes sense because okay yeah yeah. because it makes sense that he'd be like locally rich but not like super they do have a house in cape cod they are yeah, I know. So like he's like rich, can afford. Like well yeah, but okay, yeah, right. Yeah. He's, he's not, not like famous. Bill Gates. In his, in his head, he's famous. But yeah, so so he's like, yeah, I've like told everyone that you're going to follow me in my business. It'd be so embarrassing if my only daughter doesn't want to join me because like people are going to think you want to distance yourself from me. Especially because she like changed her name. Like she changed her name because she thought it would like make him less mad. Not, and then yeah. like. Yeah. But like that's what abusers do, right? Like it's like no matter what right. you're going to. It's like no matter. No matter yeah, what exactly. you do, they're going to be angry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And so he does that. And that's when she, like, is like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And he thought that, like, she wouldn't – because she's still in college at this point. He thought she, like, wouldn't have any way to support herself and she'd have to come crawling back. This would, like, force her to actually join the business. But instead, Mm -hmm. she, like, goes and, like, crashes on Colt's couch. Like, he's the one who helps her. And he still, like, hires a PI to keep tabs on her. I guess she finds out with her Instagram business. Yeah. But she basically blackmails him. So he's apparently, like, also involved in the drug trade somehow. He, yeah. He, like, imports <laughs> drugs on the side. But, like, they're not low-class drugs. They're, like, middle-class women they're drugs. They're, like, middle like, class. I don't know. But anyway, he, she, like, threatens to expose him if he, like, interferes. And that's Because – okay, so she has it because, because Cole did hacking. But, <laughs> like – she the way it's phrased is like yeah she's like I have evidence of his like a, like involvement in illegal drug trade, which he backed off because it would ruin his reputation. Not not be, I mean I know it's implied that he would also go to jail, but like the fact that it's like no it's because it would ruin his reputation, not because he would be in jail. <laughs> that like he would stop. I was like yeah like you the priorities are off here, guys. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so so now they've like finally – she's finally come clean about that. Like she's never told anyone else about that, I don't think. So now they have the tree lighting. And they're just so – I just want to say like during like – during this whole conversation, just like all of their like – yeah, yes, they both have trauma and yes, they're like – they both have problems. But I was just like these ladies are just like so emotionally healthy. Like this relationship is just so emotional. Like I'm sorry, but like heterosexual romance could never like I have never seen this kind of healthy relationship at romance like this kind of communication. I've never seen it in a gay romance. Like it's only ever going to be between it's only ever going to be in like a sapphic relationship. Like that's it. (laughs) Just like men could never in a romance novel. Never seen it. The tree lighting happens. It's great. It goes well, which means that shit is about to hit the fan. Because they – so at this point, they don't think they need to, like, raise money. They think they're going to be able to get, a, like, refinance with the bank because the Rosensteins are going to, like, be their guarantors and, like, go in with business for them. And so they're like, we just have to show that this event is successful and then, like, everything will be fine. So the tree lighting happens. It is successful. The tree is decorated with all of Cass's old stuff that they, like, found in the attic, um, including her, like, 1920s vaudeville sites <laughs> um, and, like, feather boas as – Instead of like garlands and like yay, the Rosensteins have agreed. They oh, this is when they go on the sleigh ride. Mm. Okay, so after the Christmas sleigh, that's gone great. The bank calls and they're like, oh yeah, so this did go well, but we did also get an offer to like for someone In to cash. buy 
Right. Which unclear how that works legally. Like they can't if you have like a mortgage agreement, the bank that would be like Yeah, I, I like, guess they've like offers, defaulted. Like they're they haven't. But I been thought the bank it. gave them a extension or whatever. The bank hasn't made a decision yet. They were like, you can bring us oh, by like the okay. end of the year. Yeah, but so like, like you, yeah. So if you haven't paid your mortgage, yeah. they can sell. Yeah. So there's like an anonymous person offering a lot of money in cash, and they're like, "Fuck, it's got to be him." Like we just know it. And they're like, "Well, Cole, you're rich. Like, can you back us?" And Cole's like, "Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I can't get my trust fund until I'm 40. It's kind of awkward because of an incident. Also, my parents wouldn't pay for college, so I do have a ton of loans. That's like where all my income goes." And I've just basically been like pretending, like playing this like, <laughs> like, like, this whole time, like, which is really like bold. Like Miriam's like, wait, oh, what? Guess. Like I just feel like what a wild thing to like lie. I, I just so odd. Cole's like, I can still hack his account, and they're like, nah. And Elijah, the lawyer, is like, that's illegal. Always ruining <laughs> He's the like, fun. I should have known. Miriam's like, I should have known that he would like come for my friends. Like I never should have come here. And Noel's like. Did you know he'd come after Kerrigan's and you came here anyway? I was like, wow, like that is a low and blow. And she immediately regrets it. She immediately was yeah. like, that was a fucked up thing to say. But yeah, especially after Miriam said it for yeah. But Miriam left, leaves, and she's like, I'm gonna leave. Like I'm packing up because I love you and he'll never like he'll never stop coming for you if I don't leave. And Noel's like, wow, like I can't I really can't trust yeah. you. This is all my worst fears confirmed. And at this point I was like, you have the dirt on him. Just send him to jail. Just send him to jail. Why are we hesitating here? You could send him to jail. Just do it. But I don't know. You never know, though. Like, I feel like once someone has that kind of reputation, it's like you don't even want to risk it. Like, no, you don't know no, what they're going to do. Yeah. They're so volatile. Like, But yeah, Noelle's basically like, you're a coward. And I was like, that's not fair. Just weird because Noelle's trauma isn't even really like being left. I don't know. She's the one doing the leaving. Anyway, Ziva, uh, Miriam's mom shows up and she's like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Like, this is too much. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't do more to stop it before. So basically her mom called the dad and the dad is basically like regardless of whether Miriam leaves or not, like I'm doing this like either way because like I hate Kerrigan's mm-hmm. and I hate Joy. So Miriam is mm-hmm. like, okay, well then I might as well stay to like try to figure out a way around this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like – she's like, let's destroy him. And I'm like, do crime. But they don't do crime. They do an auction. <laughs> do an auction of Miriam's paintings. And the bidding starts at 30000 And they're like, yeah, it's a lot of money. But there's like plenty of old families in the town that really want to save Kerrigan's. Like that's a that's it's, a lot of money. Like that's just so that's what I'm saying well, about like oh it's so casually like <laughs> like the bidding starts at thirty thousand. <laughs> the auction is also online though, so like it's not just the people in the town paying this kind of money. <laughs> it is still very bold. It's still very bold. Miriam basically like, calls Noelle Noel out. She's like. Noelle is like, even though you're saying like, we're done, like you betrayed my trust or whatever. And Miriam is like, okay, like, so you basically, what I'm seeing is that you basically just like look for excuses to like ditch people before they can ditch Mm -hmm. you. And like, she's like, that's not true. Like Cass was like a real bitch sometimes. And I really liked her. And Mm -hmm. Miriam was like, yeah, you liked that she was a bitch. Like that doesn't count. (laughs) Does not count. (laughs) And yeah, they're also doing a GoFundMe as well as the auction. Um, but then the dad, like, reports their GoFundMe for fraud. And so, like, the investigation is, like, going to last too long. Like, they won't be able to get the money in time. And then, oh, Noah has a painting of Baba Yaga. One of her paintings is of oh, Baba Yaga. and La Llorona. No, but that's the painting she makes for Noelle. The painting oh, she makes. Okay. So Noelle has, yeah. like, tattoos of, like, dangerous ladies. Like, ladies who have, like, committed murder. Like, historical ladies. Like, basically. Like, all these, like, really, like messed up lady like i think lizzie borden is on there noelle Mm. likes dangerous ladies yeah so then they have the auction and miriam decides to start painting again this is when i found elf not unsexy like not didn't like it anymore the old ladies 
like Cole has failed the old lady's hand on like their love problems and like the old mm-hmm. ladies are like get your shit together and then Noah was like oh we have the classic like running through the crowd like I need to talk to her I've realized the error of my ways and like m- meanwhile Miriam's already painted her like a little painting and the auction is great um but like Miriam's mom is running it and someone she's like get out your checkbooks and someone in the audience is like what's a checkbook and I was just like oh my god I was like this feels very like the youth are eating Tide Pods like this is the vibe no, of, it like really does. come on what's a checkbook come on yeah, exactly exactly like and then you're gonna throw that in um so it goes great and then she reveals her painting that she has done for Miriam and it is the Kerrigan oh wait sorry <laughs> Papa Yaka <laughs> no it's La famed feminist ghost of the rivers of Houston. Unclear what river, but like fair enough. See, I don't tell. It was for you, Rachel. The thing in her page oh, really? is for you. It's La I, No, but actually, now that we just said that, I have no idea what river there is in Houston. I haven't seen a single river. <laughs> There's like a, a little body of water running through like Memorial Park. I would call it a creek at most. I guess it's a river. <laughs> There is a there are bridges like I'll give you that <laughs> but like it seems man made. Um, <laughs> so there's the San Jacinto River, Trinity River, Armand Bayou, Braze Bayou, it's the bi- apparently the bi- Houston the bayou, River, Buffalo Bayou, no. <laughs> Buffalo Bayou. But those are not rivers. Like I would not. I don't know. It. I just I searched River Houston and those are the things that came up. Cool. <laughs> the painting has La Llorona and a cat in it. Yes, they don't hear. Mo- the, this is when the mom's like, "I'm getting a divorce." Um, they haven't heard from Cole in three days, which is really weird for Miriam. And then finally, he like sends them a sketchy note and he's like, I accepted a, a standing job offer for from in New Zealand. I'll be off grid for six months. I didn't take it before because I couldn't stand to be away from Miriam for that long. <laughs> and he also like is really bold. He also sends them. He also finally hacked the dad. He sends them like more deets on that. And turns out the dad like has been involved in hard drugs like cocaine. But do they use it? They don't I don't remember. It. They don't like – I don't keep, think no, we don't. ever they get whether the jail. dad is in jail. No, he's not in jail. It's just to keep in their back pocket if he ever tries shit again, which is – yeah, I don't know. I would have liked again, him to be in jail at the end of this book. Yeah. And so the dad was like involved in some, some really shady people. And it's 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 once again, it's like, yeah, he just seems to have like enjoyed hanging out with them. It's not because of like yeah. the money here. <laughs> he like cares about Which him. also he, weirdly humanizes him in a way that I don't think was intended. He's just like a weird dude. But he's a weird dude. He's just like hanging – he just likes hanging out with like the criminal people. I don't know. Like I'm just picturing them on their like th- – on their container ship full of drugs, like playing cards and like shooting the shit. I don't know. <laughs> anyway – she goes to back to get – she goes to see Tara to, like, get her stuff and, like, close the loop or whatever. Yeah. Um, She also, at that point, like, finds, like, a letter from Cass that, like, Cass had sent, like, the day before mm-hmm. she died or something that was basically, like, ha, psych, I'm leaving you the farm so you can yeah. get your act together. Love, Cass. Yeah. Um, we, we also find out – so, like, Miriam is, like, closing the loop on, like, her Jewish community in in – Charleston as well. And we discover that the longest continuous – the oldest continuously operating synagogue in the U.S. – is in Charleston? Yeah, I just Charleston feel like that's not- such a plot twist. I know that right. it's old. I feel like I just, Charleston is I, not some like backwater. Like it is a major no, city. You were like, no, where is it? North Carolina? <laughs> well, I've, North Carolina or South Carolina. You're telling me that it's not reasonable for me to get those right, things confused. But, but most, I no, feel like no, Charleston no. is not a city no, that most people I'm, haven't heard of. I'm not saying that people haven't heard of it. I'm not saying it's not a major city. I am just like, I would have expected the, lo- the oldest continuously running synagogue to like be in New York. 
You know, like it's yeah. it's like I wouldn't have expected Charleston. That's what I'm saying. To have like a that that continuous of a Jewish population. Yeah, no, that's true. I feel like there are more Jewish people maybe in New York from a longer time, but there are also probably more anti-Semitic people. Like I don't know. Because continuously operated is the key word there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting no. though. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like when you think of like yeah. Jewish – like heavy Jewish population centers, I feel like you don't think of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so Hannah also asks Cole to take a message to Levi because they're on the same side of the globe. But I'm like, <laughs> ma'am, Levi is on a cooking show in Australia and Cole is in New Zealand. Like you're asking him to take like possibly like a not insignificant flight and then show up in person – Okay, but consider this. Cole is an expert hacker. What if he like they're filming the show, the hosts are like reading off the teleprompters. Cole hacks into the teleprompter and is just like, Dear Levi, a message from Hannah. You could come home. Love Cole. Why is the piece about being on the same on that half of the globe relevant? Like she's like technically closer. Maybe it's easier to hack the closer you are. No. I know. The internet wire cable. I know. I know. Anyway, she comes back. Miriam comes back and Noelle has built her a house. Yeah. But like she's built her a stair. Like she's technically like she didn't build the house from scratch. It's like the carriage house on the property that like she like turned into half her studio and half their apartment. But she built a staircase in like three days. Mm -hmm. And like she did all the other renovations. It doesn't seem safe now that you put it like that. Insane. (laughs) What? (laughs) How are you passing the building code? I feel like there's inspections required. I'm going to be honest. Okay. So as someone who has built a staircase before, it's actually not that hard to build a staircase in a day. I'm just impressed that she did everything, including building a staircase. Basically, they're like, let's get back together. Like Miriam's like, I'm going to stay. And Miriam has this like thought. I think she like vocalizes it where she's like, I thought that I liked being accountable to no one. But after like Growing up feeling like an intruder in my own house. It's nice being surrounded by people who love me. And this was like not a new feeling that had that I had. Like I kind of had this feeling throughout the book, but like that line particularly really like, I don't know, like really resonated with me. Like, like Miriam's not autistic, but I was like, that's like also like an element of like my feeling. And like I'm not implying that you guys were an abusive family, like the like it was the same situation, but it was like very much like just like constantly feeling like constantly having to like mask and like feeling like an intruder in your own life. And I was like, I am not going to pretend like I'm not going to pretend like that didn't make me tear up a little bit. And I was like, I didn't just want to go get my Chipotle. Like, why am I being emotionally attacked (laughs) right now in the Chipotle parking lot? (laughs) Anyway, Noelle is wearing a goddamn Henley. Um, The cat is also (laughs) living with them, which is important. And Sorry, they're cuddling in bed. I just want to say about the cat. And at first, Miriam is like, the cat has to like, he's got to go downstairs. And at first I was like, um, excuse me, rude. Like you're confining the cat to the bottom half of the house. But it's actually just because they're about oh, yeah. to bone and she doesn't yeah, want to like hurt, hurt the cat. But at first I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I had the exact same like rapid fire. I was like, ma'am. <laughs> but it's just for his innocence. So, yeah, like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, and the Henley thing and like her being tall – once again, again, this doesn't bother me as much anymore because now I'm just so like in, like inured to it. But just like the way that even in like the the gay romance books, it's like we still have the same like one person must be a tiny elf and the other one must <laughs> be a giant like huge, large, yeah. very large lumberjack type yeah. person. Yeah, I mean that is Whatever. like the butch femme like sapphic yeah, aesthetic but- is very like prominent in the sapphic community. Why can't the femme person ever be the tall one? They. Yes, you're right. 
Why not? <laughs> You're right, Rachel. You're right. Thank you. Is that what you want to hear? That's all I want to hear. Again, I'm much. I'm not actually like yeah. viscerally viral up by this at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Levi has returned, and I was like, when is their book going to be announced? All right. The things about the Levi return, like before he comes, he's like, Miriam, like why didn't you warn me that a very large, alarmingly beautiful blonde man, like he showed up on my set to yell at me, like meeting Cole. And I was like, all these like, I don't know. I feel like we just have a lot of like homosexual tension revolving Cole. Like we have like Levi calling him a large, beautiful blonde man. We have the random what? What? What if it's a thruple? What if it's Hannah right? Because Cole Hannah did Levi. say because I'm saying wait, I was Hannah sending did, a Cole right, Hannah no, because, thing at the beginning. Yeah, because earlier Hannah was like, "It'd be so much easier if I could have just fallen in love with Cole." Wait, yeah, they're go- it's Listen. a polyamorous relationship, and Cole is going to be the balance that Hannah and Levi need. Yeah, <sighs> because Hannah's like so regimented, like needs structure. Levi is quote a feral cat who kept walking into bad choices <laughs> to see what would happen. I love it. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to be really upset if it's not a polyamorous relationship. I feel like they're <laughs> queer, you know, like she's a queer author. She just seems to be establishing herself. Like she was no, part of sure. the Holla Gays, like, like author, like gang from this mm. year, like make the really? Yuletide gay. Like yeah. they all had that like, slogan. So yeah. Helena, <laughs> if you haven't announced the book yet, um, I would just like pen a little letter to your editor and be like I'm actually going to change the plot (laughs) sorry about this I'm actually going to change it love it okay yeah that's true because then it wouldn't be like she's setting up so many different books in the same book it's like just one book really yeah unclear how the random sprightly man who's flirting with Cole comes in except to like hint that Cole might not be straight but maybe like Cole like Miriam is just so unobservant like Cole has told her and she was just like what (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because the whole thing is that Cole constantly talks. Like they said that at the beginning. She's like, yeah, there's like a brief lull and then Cole continues talking as if I've been responding, which is how we communicate yeah. for the past 17 years. But so if anything, she, Cole's like, he doesn't listen. She zones out. That's true. So, yeah, you know what I mean? True. He totally could have said it and she just like mm-hmm. didn't – she wasn't mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never mind. Nice. Anyway, anyway. next book, When? <laughs> Like, it's mm-hmm. okay if it, like, takes a while to come out. I just need to know that it's coming. Yeah. Okay, let's do the cat scale. So there is a cat. There's a painting of a cat. The cat gets mentioned a total of, like, three or four times. Kringle the cat. He's so very really large, though, much. so he kind of counts as, like, two cats, arguably. <laughs> you know? I don't know if either of these characters is a cat, honestly. Mm-hmm. Miriam's, like, a puppy that's been kicked. Noelle is, like, a big puppy. That's that also been kicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kicks people now. No. no, Noelle is like a Great Dane puppy. Mm-hmm. And like Miriam is like like a like a King Charles Spaniel puppy. Mm-hmm. But Levi is explicitly a cat. Hannah, I feel like, is a cat. She's like a perfectionist. Like she needs to like be in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tara's a cat. Levi's not really, like, part of the story that much. Like, he is, but, like, not really. Tara's a cat. Oh, not clear. She's like a guard dog. Little Doberman. Okay. Anyway. Well, three, two, two one, one, five, six. All right. Five and a half. All right. Five and a half, baby. Yeah, I just, you know, listen, if 
the next book is a polyamorous relationship between Hannah, Levi, and Cole, we can pretty much guarantee that it's also going to take place at Kerrigan's. So no, it definitely think, will. Yeah, because Hannah won't leave unless that'll be her whole thing. You think what? So I think that we have like a chance that um, like Helena has a chance to redeem herself by making Kringle a bigger character next time. All right, Rachel, where can they find us? Oh, they can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at We Read It Podcast. At We Read It One Night. You can email us at We Read It One Night. Also, find us on Twitter at We Read It Podcast. Um, and check us out on Redbubble. So Redbubble now contains our um, ugly Christmas sweaters. We also have some Hanukkah designs, which were approved as funny and niche and very cute by my Jewish friends who I consulted on the designs. We have a very niche meme that Rachel doesn't get, but it's a romance. <laughs> we, have a, we have a shirt about Judah Maccabee. Judah the Hammer Maccabee. This is why I had to put him on a shirt because I was like, I've never heard of like a romance, a more romance hero nickname than the Hammer. Like, so if you're a fan of <laughs> like niche a- Hanukkah yeah. characters, actually, he's not niche. He's like the big hero of Hanukkah. So like, we also have yeah. just like general winter fun, just general mm-hmm. winter. Burr. Keep you warm by the fire, yeah. just like a romance book. <laughs> yeah. Hero would. Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed. Godspeed.